Influential podcast dedicated to the profession of pharmacy with over 80,000 listeners worldwide. Welcome to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. You're listening to the NASP Podcast. The Specialty Pharmacy Podcast is a collaboration with the National Association of Specialty Pharmacy, the NASP, and the Pharmacy Podcast Network. The mission of the National Association of Specialty Pharmacy is to improve specialty pharmacy practice by promoting continuing professional education and certification of specialty pharmacists while advocating for public policies that ensure patient access to specialty medications. As the healthcare industry's leading podcast dedicated to the pharmacy profession, the Pharmacy Podcast Network is proud to bring our listeners the NASP Podcast in partnership with the National Association of Specialty Pharmacy. Hello, my name is Sheila Arcan and I'm the president and CEO of the National Association of Specialty Pharmacy. I am delighted to welcome two very special guests to the NASP podcast today as we explore the value of embedded specialty pharmacists. But before we begin, let's start with introductions. Dr. Cody Chastain is an assistant professor of medicine in the Division of Infectious Diseases at Vanderbilt University Medical Center in Nashville, Tennessee. His areas of expertise include infectious diseases, HIV AIDS, HIV prevention, and viral hepatitis. He attended medical school at Loma Linda University School of Medicine, completed his internal medicine residency at Duke University Medical Center, and completed his fellowship at Vanderbilt. He is board certified in internal medicine and infectious diseases. Anna Simonian is a specialty pharmacist at Vanderbilt University Medical Center within the Infectious Diseases Clinic. Anna, I'll now turn it over to you. Thank you, Sheila. Hello, NASP podcast world. I am honored and excited to have my colleague and friend, Dr. Cody Chastain here with me to talk about the role of specialty pharmacists within clinic. Um, We know here at NASP, I'm sure we're all very familiar that there is robust research surrounding integrating pharmacists within treatment teams to help with patient outcomes and medication access. Um, So today, hopefully Dr. Chastain will be able to confirm what we already know. Um, So Dr. Chastain, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, that's my pleasure. And thank you for the invitation. And thank you, Sheila and the podcast team for inviting me. Absolutely. Let's start off by having you, if you can, to describe your practice and your patient population that you see within the infectious diseases clinic. Sure. So I work in several different clinical contexts, but the ones that are most pertinent to this conversation is that I work in a HIV primary care clinic called the Vanderbilt Comprehensive Care Clinic, which serves a large number of people with HIV, as well as those who would benefit from HIV prevention services. We care for their primary care, the HIV specialty care, as well as comorbid conditions. In addition to that role, I also direct the viral hepatitis program within the Division of Infectious Diseases, which is housed within the Vanderbilt General Infectious Diseases Clinic. That program focuses on people with viral hepatitis, including hepatitis B and hepatitis C, as well as other patients with liver inflammatory diseases. Great. And um, based on, you know, the patient population that you're talking about, clearly there are some specialty medications that are probably being prescribed in your clinic. Can you talk about some possible challenges that you might face in prescribing and managing specialty medications in your practice? Um, And really, I think 
for the podcast network to hear about what are some of the challenges that that poses to patients as well. Well, that's a lot, Anna. So there's lots of challenges, which I think <laughs> yes. all specialty we'll pharmacists are- We'll start it off heavy like that. <laughs> yeah, so there's there's a there are a lot of challenges, which I think this audience is going to be very familiar with. Uh, I'll look at this through uh, three different lenses. Uh, one is a patient lens. Uh, second, talk about the provider lens. And third, we'll talk about the clinic lens. Uh, from a patient lens, a patient who is prescribed a medication, whether it be a simple medication for hypertension that could be filled at a local pharmacy at a very low cost, they don't see much of a difference between that medication and a specialty medication that their specialist may uh, prescribe to them. And yet we recognize that there are significant uh, barriers for medication selection, for drug-drug interactions, for medication approval, and also continuing access. And patients often don't know the right questions to ask. They don't often know what additional barriers or context they may need to overcome. And the from a patient's perspective, we shouldn't expect them to necessarily understand what the difference is between a fairly straightforward, simple generic medication and a specialty medication. Right. As a recipient of healthcare, that's not really a responsibility that we should place on them. Mm-hmm. But that lack of awareness can be a, a barrier for many patients. And all of the issues that include medication selection, access, drug drug interactions, or obtaining and continuing to obtain medication all those are potential barriers patients uh, in the specialty pharmacy space. From a provider standpoint, we aren't altogether that much different from patients. I think that many pharmacists recognize that prescribers of medications often don't uh, have a full handle on all of the different barriers that may uh, come between the selection of a medication and actually the delivery and uh, actually a patient taking that medication. And so that is a real significant challenge. And so some providers and prescribers are very tuned to this and work collaboratively in that context or work very proactively to make that happen. But other prescribers may feel that those barriers, everything from selecting a medication uh, when there are multiple options available, selecting a medication among a formulary of options that might be restricted uh, for certain patients, Uh, selecting a safe medicine to avoid drug-drug interactions, to obtain prior authorization approvals or patient appeals when payers do not uh, approve a prior authorization, as well as ensuring appropriate refills of a a medication. Those are all barriers to a provider that they may or may not actually engage with. And uh, a successful provider either is going to have to engage with that or they will actually need to leverage through a collaborative interprofessional context a way to make that happen. The last I'll identify is at a clinic. Uh, often a prescriber or a provider might identify specialty medication, and they may feel that the clinic as a whole is responsible for that, but not really identify what particular roles are best suited to do that. And that might mean that uh, nurses, whether they be registered nurses, licensed practice nurses, medical assistants, or other groups in the clinic are actually tasked with jobs that would actually be served better by a different professional, which can actually lead to a lot of frustration, a lot of time loss, and a lot of efficiency loss within the clinic, and a lot of opportunities for breakdown, both from a communication and care delivery standpoint. So for as a prescriber and a provider who cares for patients with uh, medical conditions that require special medicines, I recognize that there are barriers not only for my patients, but also for my colleagues as providers, but also at a clinical level. 
Yeah, I love that you talk about the different lenses with our patients, of course, with providers and also from the clinic standpoint. And I think those are all areas that certainly we could maybe spend a whole entire hour talking about. Um, but can you talk a little bit more about how you leverage other staff to help um, find solutions to some of these barriers and, and how you've integrated that into your clinic spaces? So do I get to talk about pharmacists now? Is this yes. the right time for me to start talking about <laughs> This is the right time for you to talk about how great we are. I'm just kidding. But yes, this is the perfect time to be talking about that if you so feel that that is what you've leveraged. <laughs> So, so I've been a big advocate for pharmacy resources in a variety of contexts. And looking back, uh, I've worked in multiple different settings that have leveraged uh, different professional types for all their skills in the most appropriate ways. And then there have been other contexts where I've worked that have really lost opportunities because people who have great professional skills that can be brought to bear on clinical problems or questions weren't given the bandwidth or the opportunity to engage. But luckily in my training programs, both in internal medicine, with working as a uh, hospitalist for a period of time, working as an infectious disease fellow, and then as infectious disease attending, I've had a great opportunity to work uh, interprofessionally with a variety of different uh, special types. And very early for me, it became clear that pharmacists bring a lot of value, not just behind the scenes in healthcare, but directly in the context of clinical care, uh, at the bedside, in the clinic, having conversations both with patients and providers to collaborate and determine the best opportunities for care. What that really meant for me is that when I was developing a program, particularly one focused on viral hepatitis, I knew that I wanted to have a pharmacist, not just aware of my program and have a developed relationship, they have them actually integrated into the team. And so when I started and developed uh, the viral hepatitis program within the Division of Infectious Diseases, one of my primary priorities was to actually identify a pharmacist and embed them within my clinic. Uh, what that has evolved to over time is a collaborative practice agreement and an ongoing uh, daily engagement with a pharmacist uh, within my clinic that I really work uh, with as a partner. Uh, I bring skill sets and expertise to bear uh, from my background and training, but my pharmacy colleagues also bring expertise and skills to bear that can optimize the best care of my patients. And that care is not just limited to medication selection, authorization, delivery, and behind the scenes, but it actually comes directly in the clinic. So in my clinical practice, it is a goal for me that every new patient that meets me also meets my team, which includes not only my nursing staff, but also includes the pharmacists who are working with me in clinic. And so that this is a collaborative opportunity to work together, that we are working together for the best possible goal for the patient, which is uh, their best uh, health, and that we are all going to be working together over time, which might mean that sometimes the physician is actually best suited to help, sometimes our nursing staff is best suited to help, and sometimes our pharmacist is best suited to help. But it's bringing the right people in an interprofessional context to bear at all angles and at all times for that patient. And I think what that's led to within my own clinical program is a high sense of patient satisfaction. Uh, patients uh, routinely remark on the quality of not only uh, a specific person, but the team as a whole. People routinely recognize the pharmacy or the pharmacy technician uh, that works with us in clinic by name. Uh, 
as far as a essential component and uh, collaborator in their care. And I also recognize that my uh, personal efficiency of seeing patients, selecting therapy, ensuring therapy is uh, delivered as expected and appropriate follow all of my personal goals for my uh, clinic are optimized by collaboratively and leveraging uh, all the right people with the right skill sets at the right time. Gosh, so flattered. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, it's, it's, you don't have to be flattered because it's all true. Yeah. Uh, and, and Anna can take credit for it in this context, but I've had just the, the great pleasure working with several specialty pharmacies over this period of time. And I think what it's... Uh, Emblematic, although I've worked with great people, I think it's also emblematic that especially pharmacists just bring an incredible tool set and toolkit to the table that uh, if engaged in the right way, uh, can really make a profound impact uh, for patients, for patient outcomes, uh, for pharmacy-based outcomes, but ultimately for everyone's uh, career satisfaction as well. Absolutely. And you've talked so much about the patient satisfaction and what roles the pharmacist has played and how it's impacted your practice. If there are folks listening right now, either pharmacists or other physicians that want to be integrated into a practice or aren't really sure where to start, what is some advice that you would give to those folks of how to maybe start that conversation or what are some tasks that pharmacists can maybe start to help with or um, other ways that they can help to coordinate care? So the first thing I would uh, want to share, and again, I can own this as a physician, is that uh, a lot of times clinics are uh, physician or provider centric. And that's not necessarily the best route for uh, patient care, but it often is a reality of different contexts. And so for especially pharmacist who wants to be innovative and wants to engage in a clinical space, I think what's important is to look for a champion and to identify a person who is familiar with a pharmacist skill set, who appreciates a pharmacist skill set, and is willing to champion their engagement uh, in that setting. I think that can really pave the way to engage uh, a pharmacist and to give them the bandwidth and the opportunities to use their full breadth of their skill set in the way that helps patients, helps pharmacy, helps the clinic, helps the provider. The reality is that might not always be possible in every setting. There might be a really important clinical setting that a pharmacist wants to engage in, and there may not be a clearly identified champion to partner with. In that context, I think what's incredibly important is to easily and transparently communicate about all the different skills or the things a pharmacist can do to help facilitate patient care. It still is amazing to me when I talk with other peer providers in different contexts, whether it be clinically at my institution or whether in educational context, and I describe my relationship both with a pharmacist in my clinic as well as my relationship with especially pharmacy, it's always surprising to me when I meet with other providers and they are surprised to know that, oh, a pharmacist can do that. Oh, the pharmacy should do this. Oh, you can ask them for that. Uh, there is a big knowledge gap on the provider side about just what is possible for both a pharmacist as well as a pharmacy as far as a level of service. And so sometimes it's as simple as illuminating providers about the types of services that a pharmacist or a pharmacy can provide. If that still fails to make an impact, 
if you can't identify a champion and with basic education that people don't make the obvious right decision, which is to leverage pharmacies um, and pharmacists for their full uh, utility and skill set, then what I would say is then you can look for specific opportunities that are pain points or uh, or problems with efficiency within the clinic that you already know and that you identify that I know that prior authorizations for this clinic is a problem. I know that patient appeals is a problem with this clinic. I know that uh, drug interactions are routinely identified at the pharmacy level that are not identified at the clinic level. And then potentially reaching out to the clinic leadership at that level and say, hey, we've identified that this seems to be a challenge for you within your clinic. Mm-hmm. We can help by doing X, Y, and Z, either at an individual pharmacist level or at a pharmacy level. And I think uh, that is another way to potentially insert pharmacists uh, into a clinical program when they are not overtly uh, mm-hmm. aware of what a pharmacist and what a pharmacy can do in that context. Absolutely. and. You talked a lot about the positive relationship that you've had with the specific, of course, specialty pharmacy at Vanderbilt. Um, Can you talk a little bit about some of the differences between working with an integrated health system specialty pharmacy versus working with some external specialty pharmacies? I think it's a good question. And I would be be remiss if I were to say that my experience is going to be the same as it is for everyone. I, I think that there is definitely benefits of working with an integrated specialty pharmacy that allows uh, you to interact with specific people and within an institution where the clinical presence of a pharmacist is an extension of the pharmacy apparatus that will actually subsequently allow us to engage and subsequently deliver on a pharmaceutical products from a specialty standpoint. That is not the reality for many different providers. Many providers might be working in much smaller clinics or they might not have an opportunity to work with an integrated pharmacist. The expectation from those people, however, I think still can be that they can develop relationships with specialty pharmacists, that they can still identify individual people that they can make a connection with, that even if they don't have a specialty pharmacist embedded within their clinic, they can still make personal connections. And by making those personal connections, they can pick up the phone and contact that person at that specialty pharmacy that could help them navigate a specific problem. They can also work with an individual from a specialty pharmacy to help develop workflows. Mm -hmm. So while I benefit from having a integrated pharmacist with a collaborative practice agreement in my clinic, while I benefit from working at an institution that has a integrated pharmacy within the institution, Mm -hmm. ultimately, if I worked in private practice at a smaller infectious disease clinic, I strongly believe that similar relationships could be developed. It takes a little bit more legwork on both the provider's end as well as a specialty pharmacist. End. But I know from my discussions with specialty pharmacists with uh, at other institutions or with other pharmaceutical uh, commercial partners that specialty pharmacists are willing to make those connections. Specialty pharmacists are willing to make those workflows, but ultimately, it is a conversation that has to be established up front and has to be had between a provider or a clinic and that specialty pharmacist. I will say that what's really necessary from a specialty pharmacist and a specialty pharmacy standpoint, however, is that there really does need to be that 
personal contact, right. that specific mm-hmm. person, that phone number, that email address, that to make this work effectively, you want to have that interpersonal connection. And whether that's an integrated pharmacist with a collaborative practice agreement uh, sitting at, in your clinic, seeing patients with you, or if that means that that specialty pharmacist is a just a phone call away, it can work. It does take a little bit more uh, legwork on the front end to develop those relationships if there's not an integrated pharmacy in place, however. Absolutely. And for the folks that are listening to, if you're in a place where you're trying to reach out to a clinic and develop relationships with a clinic, I think it's so important, as Dr. Chastain is saying, to be able to kind of tell the story of your value as well and be able to describe what are the services that you can offer, what are the services that you can provide, how you can impact clinic workflow, um, and really being able to be accessible to that provider. I think such a enormous part of our success in our clinic is the fact that we are in communication very constantly, whether we like it or not. (laughs) Um, But we are in communication about all different aspects of the patient's care. And I think that um, sometimes that is some feedback that we do receive from providers is that they appreciate that we're able to have access to the patient's chart and that we are persistent in following up with patients and with other barriers to patient uh, medication access. So I would definitely um, echo some of those sentiments as well. Um, Speaking of workflow and having a pharmacist in your workflow, can you talk about how having an integrated pharmacist throughout your experience in the infectious diseases clinic um, has impacted your workflow, has impacted clinic staff workflow and what that's looked like for you? Well, it's all positives when we talk about workflow. Uh, Having a pharmacist within my clinic, as far as my personal workflow, some people might perceive that somehow that slows down clinic or because a patient's going to be speaking uh, with another person, that that might hold up room turnover or it might slow down clinic progression or it might actually negatively impact clinic output. That's not what I've observed at all. What I've observed is that with the right partnership, with the right task sharing, and with appropriate communication, that patients can be seen just as efficiently, but much more effectively uh, by utilizing different uh, individuals and skill sets. At a clinic level from a workflow, what I think is highly appreciated by my other clinic staff is that many of the tasks that a pharmacist or a pharmacy technician are best suited to be able to accomplish, do, and facilitate those workflows go directly to a pharmacy technician or a pharmacist rather than being triaged by other staff. And I think that's highly appreciated by other uh, staff within the office. So much so that I know that uh, my other uh, colleagues in my institution who have not engaged in partnerships with the pharmacy are often ask me, how did I get a pharmacist? Or how did I get this? And it's not that I personally got a pharmacist. It's that I built and partnered with the pharmacy to show how this is effective uh, investment for both. Uh, the other piece is from a clinic workflow. And this is not the podcast of sense to specifically focus on data. Uh, Anna mentioned at the beginning that this audience is well aware of the benefits that especially pharmacists identify. But what we did very early within my program was to identify, study, and publish about how integrating a pharmacist within our program improved our clinical efficiency, increased the number of prescriptions uh, that were able to be prescribed, as well as to shorten the amount of time from prescribing a medication to actually delivery of that medication, and ultimately to improve overall clinical outcomes that the clinic was able to produce. 
And now I thought that was a really important thing for us to demonstrate that this is not just a uh, investment that's focused on dollars and cents, but it's actually focused on clinical care. And it's actually improvement of clinical care and delivery of that care from this collaborative partnership between a traditional provider clinic and by embedding a pharmacist. So I think that there's been benefits for me personally. I think mm-hmm. there's been benefits for my staff. And I think there's mm-hmm. been benefits for the clinic and ultimately, most importantly, for the patients that have been cared for in my clinic. Absolutely. And I am so excited to hear you talk about some of the data and the publications and scholarship work that has come out of this clinic space. I will um, just kind of sidebar here and say that NASP has some fantastic resources for pharmacists um, that I think very much go underutilized as far as the different committees that are available. There are certainly resources to help um, different clinic spaces develop some of those relationships, collaborative practice agreements, um, helping actually to look at their own value in their clinics. Um, So for all the listeners that have not taken a look at that before, I would highly encourage you to do so because it has been a tremendous help, I think, in our clinic to be able to tell our story and also to be able to have numbers and values that correlate to what you know we're seeing anecdotally as well. I know that you have talked a little bit about some of the feedback that you've received from patients, and ultimately, that is our goal, is to provide the highest level of patient care. Can you talk and speak to some of the feedback you receive from patients about the quality of the specialty pharmacist and their role? Um, because I think a lot of patients are not really aware that pharmacists can work in a clinic, and often, uh, I feel like when even when I go in and talk to them, they're like, oh, I've never met a pharmacist in a clinic space. So can you talk a little bit about what the feedback you've gotten from patients has been? So the first thing I'll say is I've gotten lots of feedback from (laughs) patients. It's all been positive. Uh, What I really appreciate is that patients routinely ask for the pharmacist that works with me or the pharmacy technician that works with our group by name and ask, oh, is Anna here today? Is Autumn here today? Is Kristen here today? Is Rachel here today? core people that are part of the team that they clearly identify the pharmacist or the pharmacy technician as a person who is not just someone that's at the pharmacy or this person behind the scenes and stuff, but they actually identify that these individuals are absolutely key to their treatment and their management, but also they've identified them as someone who care about them and care about uh, their engagement and care. And I think that's probably one of the greatest benefits to a patient is that they're not just coming to see their provider, whether it be a doctor, nurse practitioner, or physician assistant. They're actually coming to see a team of people who are advocating for them in the best way possible. Absolutely. I think also what, and that you just mentioned, that this experience for many of our patients opens their eyes to, from their aspect, what a pharmacist can do, what they can ask a pharmacist for, what clarity a pharmacist can bring. Many uh, patients, their experience with a pharmacist is that when they go to the pharmacy and they go to the counter to pick up their medication and they are asked, do you have any questions Mm -hmm. Uh, in a commercial sense? Uh, Mm -hmm. That is often from a light public standpoint, what pharmacists do. And we Mm -hmm. clearly understand in this conversation that pharmacists can do far more. And just as I mentioned that often providers are surprised what specialty pharmacists can be uh, 
empowered and engaged to do uh, in the clinical care context, I think patients are also surprised in a very positive way uh, right. because they just weren't aware that this is a role that pharmacists may be uh, engaged to do. And I think it's really uh, on the medical care system to better provide opportunities to put pharmacists in patient-centered and patient-facing roles because I think that uh, the skill sets that pharmacists brings to bear are very complementary to those of nursing, to mm -hmm. those of medicine, to those of other specialties who more routinely engage uh, with patients face-to-face. -face. Absolutely. And I would say that a huge part of the positive patient experience is also what you have set up in the team. I think that patients, when I walk into the room, are already well aware of what my role is going to be, what I will be providing for them, and that I am part of their care team. And I think a lot of what we do, in addition to some of the other roles that you've already mentioned and ways that we contribute to workflow and uh, medication approval and access, is to help patients um, know what the next steps are going to be and really know what to expect. I think that specialty medication approval can be really scary for a lot of patients and they're receiving a diagnosis of some kind, they have to get this really expensive medicine. They may or may not know folks that have been treated in the past. So I really appreciate that you have set that up also um, for patients because then they are more comfortable whenever uh, we go in and talk with them as well. So really appreciate that too. And I think that's a, a huge part of our success as well. Um, Cody, you've talked about some wonderful things today, really rich content, I think, as far as the value of the pharmacist. Any other closing thoughts or comments about how great pharmacy is, <laughs> um, about the role of the um, embedded clinical pharmacist, about other things that uh, folks should know, or any, any closing thoughts that you would like to leave us with? Well, I think the first thing is to echo what you said, I do think that pharmacists bring a lot to the table. And I do think that we in medicine in general uh, do not collaborate, engage, and empower pharmacists to the full, uh, to their full potential. And I think that that is on the medical care system as a whole to recognize and to work forward with that. That being said, instead of echoing all of the wonderful things I've said before, I would probably leave the audience with a challenge. Is, and that challenge is, is that the system will not change to accommodate best practices unless the system has shown that this is the most effective, efficient, cost uh, appropriate thing to do. And what that means is that we often have to make the case for what we think is best practice. And that might mean of reaching out to clinic leadership. It might be advocating for your roles, especially a pharmacist. That might be uh, having some discussions about what type of services could be provided. Mm -hmm. uh, this is not going to organically just happen. Mm -hmm. And I think that we collectively have to enact that change. And what I would challenge each person listening is try to identify one way to improve either the relationships they've already established, to potentially communicate about what they can do as especially pharmacists, either in relationships they already have or to a clinical a setting or context that is not utilizing pharmacists as effectively, or to even think larger about how they or their institution can more strategically communicate about what especially pharmacists can do 
how that can uh, build bridges between providers, pharmacists, and patients, and how we can all collectively work together to produce the best possible outcomes for our patients, which ultimately I think is the goal for not just providers, not just institutions, but for pharmacists as well. Amazing. If that's not inspiring, I don't know what is. <laughs> Thank you, Cody. I really appreciate that. Thank you so much, Dr. Chastain and Anna, for joining us today and sharing your insights and perspectives on the important and collaborative role specialty pharmacists play within ambulatory clinics. And a very special thank you to our NASP podcast listeners for taking the time to engage and learn more. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the NASP podcast. Be sure to share this podcast with your fellow pharmacists, doctors, and healthcare providers dedicated to optimal patient care. If you have ideas for future episode topics, please email the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Send your message to publisher at pharmacypodcast.com.